I believe it was Thanksgiving of 2012. As a matter of fact, I was talking to my sister, who happens to be here today. I was talking to her about it yesterday, trying to figure out, because the years start to morph together for me. But I'm pretty sure it was Thanksgiving of 2012. And this would be kind of a marker moment for our family, this Thanksgiving. Now, my mom had already been diagnosed with primary progressive aphasia, which is a type of uh, disease that affects your mind and your memory. And it started out that she forgot words, simple everyday words. Like she would say to us, oh, well, I got this out of the, you know, it's at the, it's at the end of the driveway and, and someone comes and puts stuff in it. And we'd be like, mailbox, mailbox. And we got the word and it actually kind of became a game. If there were several of us around, we'd see who could figure out mom, what mom was trying to say first. But that had started to progress a little bit and where she was maybe forgetting a word once a day, she started forgetting one every sentence. But this Thanksgiving was a marker for us. Things started to progress to a new level. And it wasn't that um, I was hosting Thanksgiving, which was unusual. This was the first time I believe that my mom relented that power to somebody else because she had always hosted every holiday with all 50 some of us. And she did all the decorating and she did all the buying of gifts and all the wrapping of gifts very elaborately. She made all the food. My sisters and I hardly ever helped. She did all the cleanup. She did all of it. So for her to give over that power was pretty big. And there had been a couple of incidents throughout the day, but the big incident was when she came that evening to Thanksgiving dinner and she walked in with the pies. And my mom had probably made hundreds of pies over her lifetime. And she walked in and she set down the pumpkin pie and I looked at my sister Christy and I thought, that pie doesn't look right. There is something missing in that pie. So we looked at each other to see which one of us was gonna taste it, and I made her taste it. And she looked at me and said, she forgot the sugar. There is no sugar in that pie. It was, did not taste good. And that's you know, big, a big enough deal that my mom would forget a key ingredient in a pie that she had made so much. Her pumpkin pie was one of my favorite things that she made. But more than that was that my mom took that pie out of the oven, looked at it, wrapped it all up and brought it to Thanksgiving and presented it to us as if it was fine. She, you could tell by looking at that pie that there was something wrong with it. And we knew at that moment that things were changing. It was a turning point for her. It was a turning point for my dad. It was a turning point for our entire family. How were we gonna navigate this new normal? How were we going to navigate what we would soon find out would be an ever-changing normal in our lives and in our relationships? It was a pivotal moment for all of us. And life is full of these moments, isn't it? These pivot points, these turning points, moments that are new and uncharted territory, moments we need to share with others to help them understand what it's like and how they might be able to come alongside us in community and assist us. Stages that we wish others knew what they entailed for us. And that's why we've decided to dedicate an entire sermon series 
to several of these key moments in our lives. It's part of our Good Life series that we come back to every so often. And this Good Life series is, is pointed to trying to help us find a, the deepest, richest, fullest life that we can possibly have. And in this series, if you only knew, we're gonna try to, to figure out how to navigate our lives as we enter a new stage that comes with unexpected challenges and unexpected gifts. Parenting adult children, marriage, when our life hits a wall and starting today with the topic of aging parents. We're gonna look at the book of Ephesians to see what Paul has to say about some of these topics and relationships. And you might be wondering, why is it important to talk about these relationships? Why does Paul spend three chapters in the second half of Ephesians talking about how we live, how we treat each other, our relationships with one another? Because all of this is a representation of Christ in us. God working through us. When we serve our parents and respect our adult children and honor our spouse and navigate our lives and relationships when our life has hit a wall, the rest of the world sees the evidence of Jesus in our lives. And over the next four weeks, we're gonna cover these topics. And on the fifth week, we're gonna do something very different. The preaching team is gonna answer some of your questions on the fifth week. So I would encourage you as you're listening on the weekends and as you're thinking about these topics throughout the week, send in your questions on the different topics. If there's things you wanna know more about, you can go to gracechurch.us slash thegoodlife and send us your questions. And at the end of the series on the fifth week, we will do our best to answer some of those questions. Some of you might be sitting there thinking right now, well, some or all of these topics don't really apply to me right now, but I believe there will be principles and ideas that apply to you no matter where you find yourself in life. And as a community, we are called to engage in each other's lives and support and encourage those around us, helping each other as we work through these different phases in our lives. These topics can be difficult seasons and those of us that are in them are looking at the rest of you thinking, if you only knew what we were going through, then maybe you would engage with us and help us. And I guarantee that there is someone in your life that you could probably come alongside right now and help them and help their relationships flourish. And we're kicking off the series today talking about aging parents, which is something that is very, very personal to me. And as Chris said, it's Worship Together weekend. So I know that we have some kids and students in the room. Can I see where you are? Where are you out there? Yeah. Brad, you are not a kid. You are, you are not a kid, Brad, back there. But I see some kids in the room. So I'm going to start with a question. And don't worry, if your kids are walking around or knocking things over, I have four. There is nothing that could distract me, really, except my own self, maybe. Okay, so I'm going to ask you kids a question, and you can shout out an answer. What is your definition of a parent? Do you have an answer for me? Go ahead. Telling you what to do, yep, and taking care of you, right there. Teaching you, good, a teacher. Anyone else have any answers about what a parent is? Those are good ones. Thank you for, for participating. Well, I'm going to tell you the definition I found. A person who brings up and cares for another. A guardian. So a parent is anyone who has brought you up, who's cared for you. That could be a biological parent or an adoptive parent, maybe a foster parent, a grandparent, someone that raised you, 
For many of us, that's gonna be our biological or adoptive parents or a guardian that raised us from birth. But I found another definition. Something out of which another thing has developed. You could change that to somebody or somebodies out of which another somebody has developed. Who developed you or is developing you right now, shaping you, who has invested deeply in your life as you grew up? That is a parent. Now, my biological parents are the ones that raised me. They both invested deeply in me. They had that kind of time and energy when I came along in the family. And their support and encouragement and love has made me who I am today. So if you like me, you can thank them. And if you don't, you can blame them. I'm just kidding. They are not responsible for all of this. Some of this came from other places. But they were both a force in my life. But particularly my mom. Yep, there she is. She was by my side through everything, always there to cheer me on or give me advice, cry with me when I was sad, celebrate with me when things were going great. Judy was one of a kind. Outgoing, funny, opinionated, talkative, smart. There was very little that she couldn't handle. So you can imagine my surprise at my age of 42 when that force started to falter. What? This wasn't how things were supposed to happen. Judy Bowman wasn't supposed to lose her mental capacities. How do we deal with this? How will my dad manage? How will we all manage? And many of us have found ourselves in these situations with mental or physical illness challenging our parents' lives and changing them forever or the passing of one parent, leaving the other parent alone and causing heartache for the whole family, or just basic aging that takes a toll on their bodies and makes them incapable of doing the ordinary. And that's not how it was supposed to be when God created humans. Death is a product of sin, and aging is moving us toward that. So it's gonna be hard. Our bodies, and for some, our brains are going to falter and fade. And it's equally as hard, if not harder, for our parents as it is for us. They're the ones that cared for us, that raised us, that developed us, and now they need us. They need the care. It's our turn. And many of us find ourselves, like Wendy was talking about, in that sandwich generation where we're caring for our aging parents, but we're also trying to raise our own kids. So what do we do? How do we handle all this? Well, let's look at some key verses in Scripture to help us. And we're going to be looking again, as I said, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. And this is a letter Paul wrote from prison. And while some believe it was written to the church in Ephesus, many believe that it was more likely written to a, a circular letter that was meant to go to several young churches within 100 miles or so of Ephesus. Some of the writing seems that Paul is talking to people that don't know him or his work firsthand which would not apply to Ephesus, where he spent a very long time. So because of this, it seems very likely that this letter was addressed to many churches, helping them understand the basic principles of a life patterned after Christ. The first three chapters of Ephesians really looks at Christ's life in us, and the second half, where we're going to be, chapters four through six, looks at Christ's life 
through us? How are we living out our lives so that the rest of the world sees Jesus in us, in our actions, in our treatment of each other? And it's in that section that Paul talks about the way children, both young and adult, treat their parents. So look, let's look at chapter 6, verse one through three, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on this earth. Three simple yet profound verses. Children, obey your parents. Why? Because you belong to the Lord. If we are followers of Christ, we will obey, honor our parents because we belong to him. And when we belong to him, we do what is right. We live the right way. It's what the Lord commands of us. It's one of the 10 commandments. In Exodus 20, 12, it says, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. It's interesting, Christians have normally divided the 10 commandments into the first four directed towards God and the last six directed toward their fellow humans. But the Jews divided the commandments into two sets of five, seeing the law to honor your father and mother more of a duty towards God than toward each other. And Paul continues with that way of thinking. When we obey our parents, people see God in us. They see Christ at work in our lives. We honor God with our lives when we honor our parents in our relationship. It mirrors our relationship to God. And this commandment comes with a promise, both in Exodus and again, again in Ephesians. In Exodus 20, the promise is, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And Paul says it again in, in Ephesians 6 verse 2, he says, this is the first commandment with a promise. The promise attached to the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, was a, the first specific promise among the Ten Commandments. And the first of many times in the Bible where blessings are promised for obedience. And Paul continues with that way of thinking in Ephesians verse 3. If you honor your father and mother, the promise, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. God understands that the honoring of children to their parents is important, important enough to have a promise attached to it, that honoring them is the right thing to do and will keep them from honoring or serving things that are not right or not good for them. You're going to serve and obey someone or something. Who will you serve? And there are other places in scripture that point out that disobedience to parents leads to the breakdown of society. It talks about this in Romans and 2 Timothy. A disrespect of your parents could lead to disrespect of all authority and lead you down a dark path. But honoring or respecting your parents will lead to a fuller, richer life. So let's go back to verse two, kind of the crux of this passage and of this message. Honor your father and mother. And this commandment doesn't end when we grow up and move out. It is lifelong. 
What it means to honor your father and mother may change as we grow into adulthood, but the principle always endures. The adult child may not owe their parent obedience, but they do owe them honor. And the word honor in Exodus is a Hebrew word with a root meaning of weight or heaviness. And when you couple that with the idea, when you couple with the idea of weight and with the idea of value, which is the root word, root meaning of the Greek word for honor, weight or heaviness and value together, to honor our parents is to have an attitude of respect for them that stems from the fact that, they, that we greatly value them and the contributions they've made to our lives. To honor our parents is to assign a high place of value to them. This attitude of respect and esteem will result in loving and honoring behavior towards them and in turn, loving and honoring God. The rest of the world sees Christ in us and Christ through us as we continue to honor our parents. It's a lifelong directive. And as we honored our parents in childhood through obedience, right kids that are in the room, we honor them by obeying them right now as we're growing up and living in their home. Am I right? Can I get an amen from the kids in the room? Okay, that was muffled. I hope they're obeying you. I'm concerned now. As we did it through obedience as kids, as adults, I believe we honor our parents through serving them. As adults, I believe we honor our parents by respecting them and serving them. How can we serve our parents well? How can we place their needs above our own? In a culture that seems to disregard the elderly and push the aging aside, how do we as their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and their church show them respect and honor, even those that we feel might not deserve it? Or those that don't deserve it? It starts by choosing the path of self-sacrificing love. This is true in every relationship. Put the other before yourself. Put their needs, your parents' needs, ahead of your own. There's another definition of the word parent I, I found, and I think it fits this stage of life as we as adults are navigating with our aging parents. And it's this a group from which another arises into which it usually remains a subsidiary. Good or bad, we have arisen from our parents as adults, and now we remain a subsidiary to them. We are secondary to them. They come first. Growing up, they put us in front of them, and now as they age, it is our turn to put them first. And this can be tremendously hard if you have had parents that weren't great. Maybe you've even been through really difficult times with your parents, but you can still choose to honor them. You might have to set boundaries, but you can still honor them. And here are some ways, and, and these are, are things that, that I came up with that I've learned as I've been going through this, that we can serve them well as their children, as their community, coming alongside them and their families. Forgive them. Start there. Forgive them. They didn't do everything right. They weren't perfect, but forgive them. 
even if they haven't asked for it, even if they don't know that they need to be forgiven, it will free you and allow you to love them no matter what. They've forgiven you many times. Someday you may be needing that forgiveness from your own children. I know I will. But forgive them. I watched my husband do this, and I asked him for permission to share this. He had a hard up time uh, with his dad. His dad wasn't always completely there, and I won't go into all the details. But when Jeff and I first got married, he decided he needed to forgive his dad. His dad had never asked for it. He'd never said he was sorry, but Jeff knew that it was time for him to let it go and to forgive him. So he took his dad on a walk and he said, Dad, I forgive you for everything. And his dad kind of looked at him and thought, I don't know what you're talking about. And when Jeff came home and told me that, I was angry. And Jeff said, it's okay. I don't need him to understand. I don't need him to even know that he needs to be forgiven, but I needed to give that to him and I needed to give it to myself. And it freed Jeff in a way that I know he's a healthier husband and a healthier father and a healthier human being because he was able to let that go. And he lived the rest of his life. I never saw bitterness toward his father or anger, no expectations. He was able to warmly accept his dad all the time because of that. You may have to set boundaries. You may have to go to therapy. You may not even be able to have a relationship with that parent, but you can forgive them. Pray for them. You always love people more when you're praying for them and you care more about what's going on in their lives when you pray for them. That's putting them before you. Spend time with them. I know this can be difficult because we're all busy and during COVID, during this pandemic, it's been increasingly hard for some of us to spend time with our parents because this is how we have to visit them now when they're in these facilities. There's my dad. Look at him, he's so cute. But yeah, we're six feet apart, we're outside, we've got our masks on, I can't touch them, it's not ideal. But I'm still gonna take time out 30 minutes a week at least to spend time with him. It's important. And Wendy talked about that intergenerational living. They need to be with us. They need to be with their grandkids. Kids, this is where you can come in. They need to see you. They need to be with you. Talk kindly of them. Just like when, when you were raising your kids or are raising your kids, your parents didn't need to know every single thing about your kids. Your kids don't need to know every single thing about your parents and all the things they did wrong. Talk them up. Speak kindly of them and respectfully of them as much as you can. Continue to learn from them. Some of my best memories were taking trips back and forth to Springfield to visit my cousins with my grandma. Just my grandma and me in the car for several hours. And I learned so much from her. My niece, many years ago, before my mom's mind really started to go, took a video of my mom and dad talking about stories from their life and advice for us. And now that is something that we will have forever. And she caught it just in the nick of time where my mom could still tell those stories. They have so much yet to offer. Continue to learn from them and ask for their advice. 
They love that. My dad loves when I come to him with questions about what's going on with my kids. I know Jeff does that a lot with his mom when we're struggling with things. He'll go to her and say, how did you handle this? They have so much to offer. Ask for help. And this is where you as the community, if you're not going through this, can come around those of us that are. My family, my siblings, my kids, they are a help to me during this time. We're a help to each other. My friend Abby, my best friend growing up, she and her sister went to visit my parents. It's beautiful to watch other people love your parents well and to help you during this time. My dad was part of a men's Bible study here at uh, Grace and those men ask about my dad every time I run into them. How's your dad doing? They call him up from time to time just to check in on him. Talk to people that are in the same stage as you. That roundtable discussion was incredible. We kept talking afterwards. I learned so much from all of them because they are going through the same thing or have already gone through it. And again, kids, go visit your grandparents. Send them letters. You can help your parents out by doing that. And I'm going to tell you, my mom, she engages with the little kids on a different level than she engages with the adults. She loves them. So share, share them with others. Share them with others. My dad is great. He's hilarious. My friends loved my dad, and they still do. Don't keep them to yourself. Share your parents with other people. Give yourself a break. You're doing the best you can. I'm doing the best I can. Just like when we were young parents raising our kids, and I would look at people and be like, I'm doing the best I can when they were screaming in the middle of Target. I'm doing the best I can. We've had to move my parents twice in the last year from their home to assisted living and then my mom broke her hip in December and we had to move them to a new facility. I don't know if that was the right thing to do. I don't know. But my siblings and I, along with my dad, we were, we're doing the best we can. We're getting through it and we're trying to honor them and serve them the best that we can. But give yourself a break. It's okay. None of us are doing it perfectly. Laugh a lot. Laugh a lot. I know some of you probably thought I was callous when I said we used to play a game to see who could guess which word my mom was coming up with, but it was, it was fun, and she kind of liked it. She laughed along with us, and I'm going to tell you, if you don't laugh at some of this, you're just going to cry all the time. Find the humor in life when you can. That's something my dad taught me a long time ago. If you know my dad, he's always cracking jokes. Ask your parents what they want and do it early and tell your kids what you want because when you're in the middle of stressful situations is not the time to be trying to figure it out. If you know their wishes earlier than you, you, it doesn't add to the stress. When you're in the middle of it, you can make those decisions because you knew ahead of time what they wanted. Honor the memory of your parents. For those of you that have lost a parent or maybe you've lost both of them, when you can, when you've gotten enough past the grief that you're able to talk about them again, talk about them often. Share all the memories of them. Talk about the good things and their values and live a life that values what they taught you. And the best parts of them, share them with everyone. Grieve. It's okay to grieve what you're in the midst of. This is not how I pictured my mom. 
Never in a million years did I think this is where she would be. But she is. This is not what she would have wanted, but it's what is. So I'm gonna grieve that, and that's okay. And some of you have lost parents. Some of you have had difficult parents. It's okay to grieve all of it. Grieve what you don't have, or maybe what you never had. But then find gratitude. Look for the gifts, because they are there. In the midst of the hard, what can you be grateful for? This is the part that's gonna be the hardest. I'm so grateful for my siblings. I don't know how I do it without them. My whole family, we are crazy, but we're there for each other. And my mom is essentially gone, but I can always be grateful for what she taught me. And for the other women that God has placed in my life to fill that void. My mother-in-law, my sisters, my sisters-in-law, my nieces, my friends. I have amazing female friends and my own daughters. I have all these fierce females to help fill that void. I'm grateful for that. Watching my dad love my mom is a gift. He doesn't have to be in assisted living, but he will not leave her side. And he is with her every step of the way, still calling her his girl. And probably the greatest gift of all so sorry, this is the last time, so you guys are getting all of it, is my relationship with my dad. My mom took care of everything while we were growing up. My dad was there. He was a great guy. But my connection to him now is at a whole other level. The love and respect and admiration I have for my dad is deeper and richer than it's ever been. Now I call him. Now I ask him all the questions. Now I share with him my joys. And I will never regret that for a second. I have a whole lot to be grateful for. Yeah, that's most of them. The next generation is watching us, right kids? You're watching us. You're watching us, you're learning from us. My kids are watching how I treat my parents, and they're learning how to honor and serve. We are the example for them, teaching them how to treat us. And church, we need your help as we navigate this stage in life. As adults, I believe we honor our parents by respecting them and serving them. And finally, don't waste time. You never know how much you have left. Maya Angelou said, I've learned that regardless of your relationship with your parents, you'll miss them when they're gone from your life. So say what you need to say. Do what you need to do. Love them, respect them, honor them, serve them. As long as you have them.